this evening we're talking about do not judge the spiritual world by looking upon the human world. And we're looking for four readers this evening. John 18, 35 to 37. John 4, 30 to 32. Mark 8, 16 to 18. John 14, 46. So this evening we're talking about do not judge the spiritual world by looking upon the human world. Do not judge the spiritual world by looking upon the human world. This evening I'm going to bring you some truths that you need to understand because your life is shifting and it's shifting for the better. Some of you are becoming aware of the fact that a principle of spiritual living and spiritual healing different from any of the approaches that have been given to you before is being presented to you. Some of you are noticing this is a little different. That does not mean that the principle involved is something new. There is nothing new about it. It is the principle revealed by Jesus Christ as set forth particularly in the Gospel of John. In this principle, it becomes clear to us that we do not judge the spiritual world by looking out upon the human world. Rather, we come into an awareness of what the spiritual world is through looking out from God. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. There's no way to judge the spiritual kingdom by looking at the appearance. When Jesus spoke of the meat to eat that you know not of, and of living water, we know that he was showing forth an inner principle, one which those of the world know not. For having eyes sees not, and having ears hear ye not. Yet this is the principle which is capable of feeding, protecting, and sustaining us. So let's go to the first reading, John 18, 35-37. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The word of the Lord. Next reader, John 4, 30-32. Then they went out to the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, Mark 8 16 to 18. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, 
it is because we have no bread and when Jesus knew it he said unto them why reason he because he have no bread perceive he not yet neither understand have ye your heart yet ardent having eyes see ye not and having ears hear ye not and do ye not remember here in the reign of the Lord praise be to God next reader John fourteen forty six. and whether I go ye know and the way ye know Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you all so very much. God bless you so. Do you think for a moment that you can go far on this path and still lead a completely personal life. Do not think for one moment that once you have touched this path, you can ever go back to your old ways of living. If you should attempt to do this, you will lose the way. From the moment you touch this path, Part of you is dedicated to God. Part of your conscious thinking is dedicated to God. If you allow yourself to indulge in hate or in fear, you are coming down from your own developed state of consciousness. Hear me, somebody. If you allow yourself to indulge in hate or in fear, you are coming down from your own developed state of consciousness. You then live lower than your actual state of consciousness. And living below the level of your own consciousness is a sin against the Holy Ghost. Hear me, please. If you allow yourself to indulge in hate or in fear, you are coming down from your own developed state of consciousness. You then live lower than your actual state of consciousness. And living below the level of your own consciousness is a sin against the Holy Ghost. It is characteristic of the person knowing nothing about the Christ or its meaning to indulge his personal sense of greed and hate or fear. He can be forgiven for that if he knows no better. But the moment that you realize that the Christ of you is a living influence throughout the world and then do not hold that light in your consciousness and do not live according to that light in your own being, you must reap the results. In a measure, everyone who takes this path must feel himself called upon to live on a higher plane of consciousness than he did before. He cannot permit himself to indulge in the same degree of hate, fear, animosity, jealousy, or infidelity. 
in an ever-increasing degree, he must check himself and remind himself, no, I am maintaining this light. I have achieved a certain degree of enlightenment and I must hold that light for the benefit of the world and for myself. I cannot come down and indulge the lower instincts of existence. I can assure you too that as you go higher on this path, as you reach that place where you begin to practice this, it becomes more and more apparent that you cannot live your life unto yourself, your friends, or even your family. You must live your life unto Christ. That becomes the first consideration and the last. And if other demands are made upon you, sooner or later, you must break loose from them. These other demands may be understandably until you reach that place where you are being called upon for help. We must become less and less concerned with giving ourselves treatments or help for supply or health. If we catch this light clearly enough, however, we shall never be without supply or help. Hear me, somebody. If we catch this light clearly enough, however, we shall never be without supply or help. But the error lies in taking thought for the things of the world and attempting to use this truth for personal gain. As we come to this place of spiritual unfoldment, we let all things be added to us. We do not sit down and do mental work for ourselves. We sit and consciously release that this light is the light of the world. Our responsibility is to live as nearly as we can in accordance with our highest unfold sense of light. Our responsibility is not to think of ourselves in personal terms, but in terms of maintaining the integrity of the message and to let that do the work. Think, for example, of addressing a group of businessmen, telling them about the principle that operates in business, and then having these businessmen learn later that the person who has talked so prophetically about principles has been cheating his neighbor. It does not work. Even without concrete evidence of dishonesty, the man to whom you might talk would sense it. What cannot stand up in this work live in a lie and have it reflected outwardly in some form? Inevitably, it becomes known. Yet, this does not mean that every one of us has dedicated his life to this work as attained perfect Christhood. It means only that, insofar as motive, intent, or purpose is concerned, we live as close to this integrity as we know how. In this work, we cannot live a lie without having those we are teaching or those to whom we are speaking or lecturing sense it. Therefore, from the beginning, from the minute, every time you find yourself tempted to indulge in some of the lower negative human forms, try to lift yourself 
up out of it in the realization. This is no longer my life to do with as I choose. This is the life of Christ, which is being lived for the world to show forth the benefits of it. In this way, keep lifting yourself higher and higher in consciousness. You can see, I trust, that in the following, this line of work and this mode of living, your own individual affairs will prosper physically, mentally, morally, and financially. Yet, only as added things, only as an outpicturing of your improved state of consciousness. Remember that the main purpose of the life you are living from this time forth is not to improve your particular state of living with no regard for the rest of the world, but to show that your life improves as the natural unfoldment of your state of consciousness. So if you trust this path that you're on, your life will improve as a natural unfoldment of your state of consciousness. As this unfoldment of consciousness continues, and as you turn within, you will find that God is, and that God is spirit you will find that there is a spiritual universe and a spiritual plan for that universe. Humanly, we are not living the spiritual plan. Humanly, we are not part of the divine plan. Humanly, we have separated ourselves from God. In fact, separation from the divine plan constitutes our humanhood. Now, as you turn in this life to your individual consciousness unfolding as your life, you find that you're being used more and more for a spiritual purpose. Experiences like these will come to you. You may find yourself awakening in the middle of the night, unable to go back to sleep. If you are wise, and if you're earnestly following this way, you will jump up, wash your face and hands, and sit down in the chair and say, All right, Father, here I am. Sit there in peace and quiet, and let the Father work out its plan through your consciousness. At that moment, you may, and then again, you may not know what part you are to play in the divine plan. Even though that may not be revealed to you at this time, something is being worked out on the spiritual level of consciousness. Something is taking place. When you are awakened at night, do not dismiss such wakefulness as mere insomnia. Realize that it is a call from God and get up so as to make yourself available as an instrument. This may not happen only at night. It may happen in the middle of the day. And when it does, be willing to go off into a corner as soon as you can to realize your oneness with God. All that God is, I am. My oneness 
with God constitute my oneness with the entire universe. Therefore, I am an instrument for all the good of God, and it flows out to all who are reaching out for it. You become an instrument of the divine plan in proportion as you accept the call that comes to you from within. You will know when it comes. You will not mistake it. It is a pull, a tug, even a physical tug. You will recognize it as a call to go off by yourself and sit down to meditate. It may have something to do with your own affairs, and it may result in you receiving some healing, some warning, some guidance, some cautioning, or some preparation, or it may have nothing at all to do with you. It may be the activity of the divine plan in operation. We began with the statement that God is infinite, divine, consciousness unfolding, disclosing, revealing itself, manifesting itself, expressing itself as your individual consciousness. We, we start off with that statement. Then, it is that a normal and natural thing to know and realize that the God which is your individual consciousness is about the Father's business. And not only you, but for the whole universe. Hear me somebody. A few months ago when we started this, this consciousness awareness that we're on, we began with a statement that God is infinite divine consciousness unfolding, disclosing, revealing itself, manifesting and expressing itself as your individual consciousness. If we take that statement then, is it not a normal and natural thing to know and realize that the God which is your individual consciousness is about the Father's business and not only for you, but for the whole universe? How can God be your mind and your mind be continue engaged only in concern about your personal affairs? If you accept God as the divine, infinite, universal consciousness, acting, operating, and appearing as your individual consciousness, then be prepared to have your consciousness serve a purpose for the benefit of mankind. This work is the surrender of self to universal self. It is the surrender of one's personal sense of life to the purpose of the divine life. Let us begin to realize a little more fuller of the statement. God is infinite consciousness, infinitely disclosing, unfolding, revealing, expressing, and manifesting itself as our consciousness. Let us begin to see what is expected of us who have the mind of Christ Jesus. Can we be personal or limited after that? If it is really true that God is our mind, how are we acting out in the world? Are we humanly living up to the consciousness which we are? Why do you think that you are in the world 
if God is our individual consciousness? Is it too much to expect another Jesus on earth when every one of us have the mind that was in Christ Jesus? We could have 20 or 30 with the mind of Christ Jesus if enough of us could realize I am not living a little personal finite life in as much as God is expressing itself as my life, as my being, as my consciousness. Then infinite is flowing out from me. Anyone in the world who touches me is automatically healed or reformed because that touch because God is his closest unfolding, revealing himself and is appearing as my individual consciousness. Why should not a person be able to touch God and be healed and reformed? And if God is our individual consciousness, why should not coming within the range of our consciousness produce this healing influence? Is that not the teaching of Jesus in the New Testament? How could a woman who passed through the towns and touched the hem of his robe be healed? Was it because of Jesus? No, he said, it is the Father within me that doeth the work. That's what Jesus said. It's not him. He said, no. He said, it is the Father within me doeth the work. He knew that God was infinite awareness, infinite consciousness of his being. Do you see what we are doing to ourselves as we continue to in our selfish personal way of life, living only unto ourselves, our friends, our family? Do you not see that we have set limits on ourselves? We should have learned that God is individual mind, the only mind of this universe, and that we should persist in our efforts to leave behind our selfish mode of life and accept infinity as the measure of life. Whose fault is it that we have not accepted this? Ours. Instead of taking books and using them as textbooks for a greater understanding. We have read them with this superstitious hope that by the time we have finished them, we would be healed. How many times we have been told, if you will just read this book long enough, you will get your healing. Or if you will learn the affirmations in this book, you will be healed. That is what has been happening. But if instead of that, we were able to take a book and say what statement of truth is here. That is the truth of my being. We would find truth in every book that we read. We do not have to go far. God is universal mind. That this mind is the mind of the individual man and that every man is an inlet to that same mind and to all of the same. This is what we are seeing here. 
We are the inlet and the outlet for the whole of the activity of the mind of God. So if you speak of the mind that was in Christ Jesus, you have really spoken of your mind, your soul, and your consciousness. Therefore, if you think that Jesus could heal and reform the earth, you should know that you yourself should be able to do the same, since the same mind that was in him is in you. Of course, only to the degree that we have overcome physical sense is the, is the mind of God our mind. It could not function for us as demonstration or as an activity or avenue of demonstration except in proportion as we individually have become purged of personal sense, that is, of hate, of love, of fear, of error. The mind that was in Christ Jesus is the mind of all people walking up and down the earth, but it is of no avail to them unless and until they consciously purge their thought or mind of its fear, hate, love, of error. You have to purge yourself of the thought of fear, hate, and love of error. Now, the last podcast we did, we had a discussion on healing with the touch of the hands and I explained that the laying of hands is that ritual helps people open up themselves, open up an avenue within themselves and allow the individuals to touch the hem of the indwelling Christ. Once you could touch that hem, healing will take place. A change will take place in your experience. If, however, you happen, and this is not a common phenomenon, this is a rare, that's why I don't advocate it so much. If, however, someone happened to touch the hem of that indwelling Christ, and you are present, in that in that moment, healing will take place around you, but they have to touch that hem of that in of the enduring Christ. Healing could take place around you. I just want you to know that, but that is not as common as you think. It is more common for individuals to touch the hem themselves. And even in that mode, somebody touches, you still have to have a faith and a trust that there is an indwelling Christ within you. Why should not a person be able to touch God and be healed and reformed? And if God is our individual consciousness, why should not coming within range of our consciousness produce this healing influence? Is that not the teaching of Jesus Christ in the New Testament? How could a woman who passed through the town and touched the hem of his robe be healed? Was it because of Jesus? 
No, he said, it is the Father within me who doeth the work. He knew that God was the infinite awareness, the infinite consciousness of his being. So do you see what we are doing to ourselves as we continue in our selfish, personal way of living, living only onto ourselves, our friends and our family? Do you not see that we have set limitations on ourselves? We should have learned that God is individual mind, the only mind of this universe, and that we should persist in our efforts to leave behind our selfish mode of life and accept infinity as the measure of our life. Whose fault is it that we have not accepted this? Ours. Instead of taking books and using them as textbooks for a greater understanding, we have read them, read them with this superstitious hope that by the time we have finished them, we would be healed. How many times we have been told, if you just read this book long enough, you will get healing. Or if you learn the affirmations in this book, it will be healed. That is what has been happening. But if instead of that, we were able to take a book and say, what statement of truth is here that is the truth of my being? We would find truth in every book we read. We do not even have to go far. Therefore, if you think Jesus could heal and reform on this earth, you should know that you yourself should be able to do the same. Since the same mind that was in him is in you. Of course, only to the degree that we have overcome physical senses in the mind of God of our mind. It could not function for us as demonstration or as an activity or avenue of demonstration except in proportion as we individually have become purged of personal sense, that is, of hate, love, fear, and fear of error. The mind that was in Christ Jesus is the mind of all people walking up and down the earth, but it is of no avail to them unless and until they consciously purge their thought or mind of its fear, hate, and love of error. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I hope you get something from this. I would love to hear from you. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Gloria, what came through to me tonight is you're almost giving us a template coming from where we are learning that we are God's consciousness. However, as we continue to develop and grow in that infinite consciousness of God, we're not doing that for ourselves. It's not for selfish reasons. There is a purpose that you are teaching us to understand the infiniteness of God. And the purpose really is to help others to be of service to God, to be of service while we are in the physical earth. 
and Pastor Gloria, while we are doing all of this, we cannot be doing God's service, but we living in negativity or we're not living the truth of what God's consciousness is coming through us as. So you're saying we have to purge ourselves. So while all of this is happening, we have to be purging ourselves of hate, of the love of error, of fear. So we continually becoming, becoming more. We we almost moving to a state of living like how Jesus lived because he knew that he had the infinite mind of God and nothing was impossible with him while he walked on the earth. Pastor Gore, I saw it as a template. I saw it as a process flow to what we have been learning so far. Thank you, Pastor Gloria. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. To God we give the glory. My takeaway is that once we start on this spiritual journey, we cannot go back to our old ways. We have to purge our thoughts, minds, and heart. And our main focus is to unfold and operate for the benefit of others, not just ourselves, because we have the whole universe watching us. So we just have to remain focused on God because he's the individual mind and we are the inlet and outlet of his mind. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, woman of God. That is so important. And if you think that you could go back and live less than your consciousness, where your consciousness have developed a certain state. If you decide to go back, that is a sin against the Holy Ghost. Thank you for recognizing that. God bless you so.